The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. That's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson. You see those sirens in your feed. You know exactly what that means. We've got a date 2025, specifically July 1, 2025, when uh, some of the events of the last couple of days since we last spoke with you have unfolded. That is when Texas and Oklahoma, if they are applied, if their application for membership with the SEC is approved, and if they are invited to join, then July 1, 2025 is the date. Now, will that be the date? That is one of our big topics for today. And if it's not, how do we get there? Um, just to review the the big newsy item. So on Monday, Texas and Oklahoma officially notified the Big 12 of its intentions not to renew the agreement, which ends in the summer of 2025, for, for those counting, more football seasons of Big 12 life for Texas and Oklahoma if they play this all the way out. On Tuesday, they officially apply for SEC membership. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey's like, oh, us? Oh, man. I wouldn't believe Texas and Oklahoma would ever want to come up, hang out with us. What a surprise. And, and now we move forward now with that July 1, 2025 date. So, uh, Bud, Danny, I the first thing I want to know is how awkward do you think it's going to be in 2021 and every other season that gets played with Texas and Oklahoma as Big 12 members against in-state opponents, against longtime rivalry opponents. I mean, is this so much disruption that Mike Gundy might actually win Bedlam? Like, is that the narrative and the circumstance that comes into play for Oklahoma State to win this thing? What is life going to be like for the Big 12 here in the next one, two, three, four years? Probably not real cordial, right? All, all, All the other ADs feel like they got blindsided by this. Jamie Pollard made the comment that like they're very committed to staying in the Big 12. They, they can keep getting those checks basically until they can figure out you know, what they can do with the landscape. Uh, but unless you think like, the Big 12 is going to have some sort of conspiracy where the refs screw Oklahoma or I, I just, I don't know. I, I have a hard time thinking it's going to be that big of a deal for their remaining life in the Big 12, which Danny may disagree. Chip may disagree. I don't think you're going to be in there that long. Uh, Maryland caught some heat as it was making its farewell tour through the ACC. 
I'm just, you know, that I was thinking about like college football. That was falling. Maryland. <laughs> that was Maryland. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? Are you going to go whoop Oklahoma? Are you going to go like <laughs> yes. maybe Texas, maybe Sark's first year? Maybe you see an opportunity if somebody's up at Iowa State, if they're beating them, maybe they score a touchdown late that's extra. But like, what are you really going to do? You can get mad all you want. You can try to whoop them. Good luck with that scenario. And if they do, I'm sure they would, if they had the opportunity, they would rub it in. But aside from that, like, what are you going to do? You know, other than be because mad and because know, they're you, so good that it's like right. whatever you're going to say is only going to add insult to injury because you're going to talk trash during the week, during the media availabilities. There's going to be like uh, some player who tells all the reporters, calls them quitters. Right. Like, yep. you know, and then we'll we'll spin that forward and we'll jump on that. And then all of a sudden, by the time the game's over, the claim is Texas and Oklahoma will have, have let that speak for them. Yeah. And if like I could totally envision a scenario if Oklahoma State won Bedlam, that Gundy would say something snarky, yes. you know, or I don't I don't know. I, I would. But I wouldn't I don't think Gary Patterson would hold back if TCU has some, you know, big win over Texas or a monster upset over Oklahoma. I think he would say something like I think that'll be it'll provide a lot of fodder for us. Cause I think there'll be some coaches that'll they're really quiet right now. Cause they haven't had a microphone in front of their face, but if they get the best of one of these two teams, probably realistically, it'll be uh, Texas in this circumstance. Then they'll take some parting shots along the way. But other than that, Oh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially because they know that Oklahoma and Texas are not likely to be there very long and they will not run it up on them the next time they get the chance. <laughs> okay. So let's move it to, to there. What is the path um, for this thing to get uh, get moved along. So they would owe a ton of money. They would basically just have to buy their way out of the contract. All the money from the remaining years on the deal, they would have to pay that into the Big 12. Well, there is a report from Chip Brown, Horns247, who's you know always dialed in and, and able to give reports and insight. And he reported this on Tuesday, and I think it's hilarious. A source close to the situation said the buyout money for Texas and Oklahoma to leave the Big 12 before 2025 could come from the roughly $160 million that Texas is still owed by ESPN for the final 10 years of the 20-year $300 million contract for the Longhorn Network. So Texas could cash in the Longhorn Network and pick up the tab for everyone to be able to pack up and go. That is the most baller thing I've heard in realignment to this point. It's my second wave that I've covered professionally. In 04, I was not yet covering college football, but in my sec two waves of commerce realignment, that's a that's a pretty big time move by uh by the Longhorns right there. I I will let, let's let's do a, a show bet. See if anyone wants to take this. Texas is playing in the SEC in twenty twenty two. If even can we, odds. if we said it even odds, next year, even I'll odds. take it. I'll, I'll right. say they are. Well, you, you say they are. I, I, I want that they are. I, I want somebody to disagree. Okay. <laughs> I, you're saying that all of this is able to get settled in time for this move to happen. July one, 2022. Yeah. Damn. I agree. You, and is that just like betting or is that an inside information? Like at least you got to at least give me a little bit more because I will, I will say it's definitely not going to be 2025, but I just don't trust the way that things move, though things have moved very quickly this summer. 
Um, I was just guessing that there would be some hang up somewhere along the way that pushes this back to 2023 or 2024. Look, it very well could. I, I just think that it's more likely that they're there next year than, than not. And that's, you know, why I think I, I, I'd make the bet on it. You mentioned the Longhorn Network buyout. Now, what, what a tremendous investment I know. for ESPN that looked like a terrible investment for a long time. But ultimately, they, they ended up building the Longhorn Network, which is, you know, kind of pennies compared to what it could have cost to, you know, have to buy the rights for all these other, other teams in the league. And then you get to move that team to the league that you really want to invest in itself. I could see a situation where maybe the playoff doesn't start until 23 and maybe they wait until 23, but I think 22 is actually fairly likely. Um, we also could have a situation where maybe one of the, one or two of these big 12 teams decides to leave the big 12. Maybe they go to the AAC or to the PAC 12 or whomever PAC 12 commissioner, George Klyakov. pronunciation we're going to go with Klyakov. Yeah. Okay. That's going to take a minute. Um, Klyovkov said that they're really uh, in no rush to expand, kind of like the, the, the comments that Phillips made. Um, they're fine with where they are at 12, depending on if you believe that. I just think there's a good chance this is this is done by next year. I think Oklahoma State and Texas Tech still have the digits from 2010. And if we're making like bar bets, I'm not reporting anything, but I think that that's, that's where I'm looking next is – Who's going to get selfish from the remaining eight schools from the Big 12? Make it, which I, listen, you just got sideswiped here. Like if you just got to take care of you and yourself and your school, I totally understand it. Um, I think Texas Tech and Oklahoma State to the Pac-12 would be, then you drop it to six. And now what are we even talking about in terms of a Big 12 from there? It's it's interesting you bring that up because yesterday I wrote the 24-7 sports uh, headline, Without Texas and Oklahoma, the Big 12 recruits at a group of five level. So check this out, right? If you look at just four and five star prospects, which are basically the, the, you know, the blue chip guys, the guys that you want to compete with in the playoff, last five classes, Texas, Oklahoma, 144. The other eight teams combined, 65. Mm-hmm. Now, look, that is still a good bit more than the AAC. The AAC in that span has signed just 10. So they're still you know, much higher than what the AAC does. I think it does beg the question, will they remain that high if they were to stick together as eight without the cachet of Texas and Oklahoma in the league? But let's compare those eight remaining teams, how they do recruiting the best prospects to, let's just say the, you know, the top eight schools from the Pac-12. Pac-12 has brought in 270 over that time. So, And, and it was you know, 60, one, it was 60 some for the big 12, 144. Correct. For Texas and Oklahoma? Uh, 144, Texas and Oklahoma, 65 for the Big 12. So uh, without Texas and Oklahoma, the Pac-12, their best eight schools to keep the number of schools the same, uh, they still crush these remaining Big 12 schools, who in turn also out-recruit the AAC, uh, to be fair. But the Big 12 is much closer to an, to an you know AAC-level conference with only eight teams uh, than it is to being a, a Power 5 conference. What do you think's next for those Big 12 schools, Danny? I was just getting ready to ask you guys, like if you're either one of the remaining co- remaining conferences, who's the first team you're calling? Who is the most attractive from the Big 12 leftovers, the eight? I think it's Oklahoma State. 
Don't you? I mean, that's, I, I know that might bother some Iowa State fans because they're a program on the rise. Are but we thinking think football can, only or like total no, university athletic department? They're doing basketball wise. Yeah. And women's softball, they just had a great year. Like <gasps> You're I think collectively right. as a whole. Oh. You know, like I just I, I think I think it's a and I think now too, and what we're learning is that TV markets don't matter. Now it's about brands. In Oklahoma State, not that long ago, was third in the country and barely got, you know, made the BCS national championship game. You know, they're they've been a little bit better, but then so was Baylor and TCU. They were the first year of the playoff. They were both kind of host that first year, but I still think as far as branding, I think Oklahoma state's probably the first school you would call. Now, West Virginia might feel like, Hey, what about us? ACC. But I I just, I feel like those, I think Oklahoma state and West Virginia would probably be the first two calls. I, it'd be interesting. Um, as far as from the big 12, I, I would look at TCU because you, mm-hmm. you you get the major media market. You do get a, a pretty you know engaged fan base, which has been growing. Um, I will say, Danny, like I I think you know to some fans those sports matter, but if you're making a realignment decision based on anything but football, I think you're gonna like the, the schools in your league are gonna vote to remove you personally because basketball doesn't really matter. I, I mean, compared to football, it just doesn't. Like, but at the university president level, like brand can mean more than just football performance and football sure. recruiting. 100%. Also like the not, okay. For a very select few schools, hoops can matter, right? Like we would laugh at the idea of Kansas to the big 10 and it's not going to happen. I'll put money on that for sure. But like the only way we, people would even bother suggesting that is because of how good Kansas is as a university at basketball. Oh, well, okay. right. Yeah. Well, I, I, athletically, the Olympic sports, I don't think they matter at all. In fact, I think we're going the exact opposite direction. Phillips comments on, from the ACC talked about how they have to be football focused. Clyde, you know, uh, the, the new guy for the Pac-12, I already screwed his name up. He talked about how they absolutely have to be football focused. And um, you know, he's not going to go out there and say, hey, all these you know, directors cups we win and stuff don't matter. But for making money, they don't matter. People don't go to those games. They don't watch those sports. Not not in not in numbers enough to support the scholarships and and to pay for. Um, it's got to be football first. And uh, Mike Gundy did tell us Oklahoma State football is a big time employer in the state of Oklahoma because when he was arguing for the Cowboys to get back reopened and get back to work, it was because he was pointing to the infrastructure, the large investments that have been made, and the way the community relies on that. So um, I. I think Oklahoma State is your answer. I, I wanted to plug this uh, as, a, as a good company, man. We have a, a mathematical formula. Basically, it is taking the Director's Cup, but, Bud, you'd like it. To, it's a re-weighted formula where that doesn't treat every sport the same, and it only takes five sports into consideration, football, men's basketball, women's basketball, and two wild cards. Oklahoma State finished fourth for the 2020-2021 academic year in the CBS Sports Best of College Sports rankings. Alabama 1, Oklahoma 2, Iowa 3, Oklahoma State 4, Texas 5. So good year for yep. uh, the Big 12. Oh, outstanding year. Now, the other angle to this, and who knows what direction we go, but would you be shocked? I mean, we're already getting towards professionalism, like we're getting towards minor league NFL, minor league NBA, that if those two sports are just separate, 
Yes. And maybe they are paid, you know, like, so if that's the case, then who cares about any other sport than football and basketball? Right. And it might be just the one. I really feel that what we're going to start see developing is a minor league baseball setup that's very similar where the SEC or whatever super conference is developed is AAA. Whatever, you know, the Big Ten can salvage ACC, maybe whatever else is double A. And then you've got the leftovers in the Big 12, the group of five teams are single A. And whatever they call them, it's just, it's going to be very similar. It's going to be a minor league system and very similar to minor league. If you play great in single A, you bump up to double A, that's the transfer policy. That's free agency. Like, I just feel like that's what we're developing into. I don't think we'll have governance or an actual structure. I think that might be like a wink, wink, nod, nod. Like everyone understands totally. that's the way it is. And that's yeah. like more more separation than our existing power five group of five. It's It would mm-hmm. be like we've got separation within so that there's kind of understood quadrants or understood levels, like you said, with the minor league baseball. But I, I think that they'll What's gonna be- all try to stay close together under some umbrella. Well, what's going to be interesting is if the Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12 can stay neck and neck with the SEC Super Conference. Like, I almost feel like now we have to call the SEC a Super Conference. Like, it is better with Oklahoma and Texas than anybody. It's not even close. So, can the other teams stay there? But I, what to your point, like, at least we're going to be honest about it now. Instead of treating the group of five like, hey, you guys have a chance at the playoff – I think what we're going to get to is a place where we're more honest with the fans and, w- and with the money and with the opportunity to make the playoff. So the group of five agrees to be in the college football playoff, understanding the system is not advantageous for it, but it's because they want to still be a part of the system and they want to be able to benefit financially from it rather than try to form their own group of five championship. Like that's the trade-off. We understand Cincinnati's going to get screwed, but we're still at least in this thing. And there is some financial gain from being able to still capitalize off of Alabama and Ohio state playing in a national championship game. I think that is the same decision that the ACC and the PAC 12 make where they're like, we understand that we are entering into a competition with schools that double and triple our investment in college football. And that is unfair. Like that is not playing by the same rules, but we are still willing to do it because we want to be a part. Like it's almost a prestige play. If that makes sense. Do you think ESPN, like what, what level of school do you think ESPN will be cool with letting like if ESPN ended up being the only bidder on this and and I don't think eventually that it will, right. We have Google and Amazon and Fox and our own company, CBS all hanging out there all with, money to spend. CBS is losing the SEC rights uh, in a couple of years. Hell, maybe sooner, right? What, what, what if ESPN came to, to CBS and said, hey, we'd like to go ahead and buy you out of those remaining rights uh, to pair with our new our new toys in Texas and Oklahoma? They, okay. Uh, what, if, what if CBS wants to put somebody on Paramount Plus or NBC on Peacock or something like that? Like There may be other super leagues which emerge. Uh, to, to compete with this. But let's just say hypothetically the ESPN would be the only one and they want to develop just one super league. Like what, what is the, where is your line of delineation that they would be cool leaving off? Like I, I talked about this on Nolcast. Like guys, if I was Wake Forest, I'd be worried. I just really don't see a future where you know, Clemson and Florida State and North Carolina and Miami, like those level schools are just left out 
of the future of whatever the top division of college football is. We're, we're and I guess all, something else goes into this. Like if you're ESPN, are you will are you willing to pay for South Carolina and Vandy and Mississippi State and those schools? To, to remain and pay them the same share. Like I don't how, think how we're headed to Super last? League. I'm not, I'm not buying into the Super League. I think okay. it's more of the, like, we know it is the SEC's a Super League. But no, everybody's in this together. I mean, they're not going to kill off the ACC network. You know, like, we're not going to start chopping off uh, all these God, other... No, it's a great deal for ESPN. Like, we're not going to start um, too much disruption. Like, there's there might be a future for the Longhorn Network that's different, but... I, I think the separation will be in investment and how much money you spend on football. And there were, it, that gap is only going to widen, but we're still going to keep everyone playing for the same college football playoff. So there will be a super league. It will be the NFL junior and they'll have their own conference rules. Cause remember the NCAA as it's losing power transfers that power to the conferences. Every conference gets to make its own rules. Who knows what the SEC, this new super conference decides it wants to do about name, image, and likeness or about the transfer portal. So I I think that everyone stays together and we don't hit a 32-team super league. But if the SEC wants to mess around and you know take a couple more, Pac-12 and the idea of survival says we'll take on four more. You know, we'll we could get big conference numbers, but I don't think it's gonna be a total separation. I think anything else will just be the big 12 dissolving into the American athletic conference. Do you think this moves happens right now? If we didn't have COVID no last year, I don't either. I think that really set apart the schools as far as I think there was more of a collective, Hey, we're in the college football playoff. We're a part of the power five and then when you saw the issues crop up, when Greg Sankey and the SEC say, we're moving full steam ahead, and then Kevin Warren says, nope, not us. And, you know, there were a lot of articles written. There were opinions that were given. And I'm sure some things were said behind closed doors. We care more about our players. You don't care about your players. And a lot of that sparked this move. And in everything, in every way, when the NCA is sitting there and they're helpless and everybody starts realizing, oh, you they can't no enforce anything. <laughs> you know, like they can't have any COVID policy because no one has to recognize it. Um, I just think that we, I think that sparked a lot of this. And there was already, there always has, has been a contentious relationship between the Big Ten and the SEC. I think that only exacerbated and it was a big reason of why we're here today. So I think I agree with you and the detail from the reporting on this that has me feeling confident is that the initial uh, notion of this was dated to be December or January. You had just Mm -hmm. finished all of the headaches and the ups and the downs of trying to get through that season. And I think that, you know, that that had to play a factor. And you had a team get access to the playoffs who played almost half of the games that your teams did. Yes. Like, I mean, for real, like, I, like that again goes to your timing. It probably was right around then. And if I'm Greg Sankey and you put your neck out there and said, we're going to take on this risk. We've talked to our medical personnel and you did it on your own. 10 game then- season, national champion, like SEC was a like winner. And there was some negative yeah. headlines along the way. I'm not going to ignore those, but right. I agree. All right. One little thing before we go, because I, I, I do got to jump. Have you guys seen any word from the playoff on whether they will count forfeits? Like if, if the conference rule says, hey, you have to forfeit this game because you know you guys had too much COVID. 
Is the playoff going to count that as a forfeit? I haven't seen anything from them yet. And what if different conferences have different rules and one conference says it's a forfeit and another conference says it's a cancellation? Well, the good news is the I have not. Danny, have you? I haven't either. But I was I thinking think about for some will. of these season win totals and stuff. But there's some contenders out there that have not announced that they're over the the you know the vax limit. And I don't the, think they will. I don't think they'll. I don't. I think they're clever enough where they realize the can of worms that could open because of exactly what we're talking about. Because maybe it would. Because like. If we go like where I'm just looking at news coming up about mass mandates potentially back. And if we have, if this gets worse again, you could have the exact same scenario unfold where a big 10 is much stricter and harsher on their rules than an sec. And I think the playoff, they're looking at this thinking, let's just wait. We can figure this out down the road. We can use the same criteria as always, and we'll figure it out. And we'll, we'll come up with four best teams as always, I don't think they want to open that can of worms at all. They're going to let the conferences deal with yes. it, and then they'll pick the four best teams. Yeah, who cares? If, like, exactly, <laughs> who cares? If Bama plays four games, they're going to be in. If Ohio State plays 12 games, they're probably going to be like, it doesn't matter at the end. They want that flexibility to be able to choose whoever they want to choose. Yeah, I they, tend to agree. They come and they say, like, we don't have to talk to y'all until October 20-whatever. Y'all figure it out. Then we'll come in and let you know how we're rating this. So what about, uh, here's another one for you. Last year, Oregon did not win the Pac-12 North. It got into the Pac-12 title game because Washington got COVID DQ'd. What if that happened? Like, like we could say, we'll leave it up to the conferences and then we'll pick. But there could be situations where a conference says, no, this team's not eligible for our conference title game because of the forfeits that they had. I mean, that. There's a huge can of worms here. I'm going to be very interested in, in, in this policy. Um, also, like you know, we're doing the season win total episodes. Have, have, do we know? We probably need to look this up and talk about it on the next show. How are they trading forfeits? Like the books? Yeah. I don't. I mean, I have I guarantee seen, you different ones of different policies. I've seen so far that the the notion officially that a forfeit is a loss, and that if you happen to have some VAX information on a certain team, which makes you think that they've got at least one forfeit, then you got to take that into consideration the same way that you might treat, you know, we just talked about Miami quarterback, Derek King. And we're like, Hey, this guy's got injury history. He says he's going to be good, but am I going to be betting on that? So you got to, you got to take that into consideration, just like it would be some injury issues. All right. Do they count the opposite side of a forfeit as a win? Has to. Mm, Okay. Right? No, yeah, you've got to incentivize being healthy and showing up on time and having the I'm numbers. Do books? I, if it's whatever, I mean, if books count the other side as a loss, it, like you almost have to count the other side as a win. Otherwise, you could just blindly bet all the unders and come out ahead. Right. I I think the leagues will call them wins and the books will follow suit because that's what the standings say. Okay. That's my prediction, but who knows? You can follow him on Twitter at Bud Elliott Three. You can follow him at Danny Canelli. You can follow me at Chip Underscore Patterson. We will be back with the ACC Atlantic Division win totals tomorrow. Gentlemen, thank you very much. See ya. Sweet.
the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. 